2: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Curs on Cinemas podcast. This week we will be discussing Kenneth Lonergan's awards contender Manchester by the Sea. I'm Sam Howlett and this week I'm joined by Harry Chapman. Hello. And Jake Cunningham. Hello. How is everyone? Very, very well. Yeah, very good. well. Yeah, good. Got over good. watching Manchester by the Sea yet?
0: No.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Harry can only drink water this month, so I imagine just uh, watching Manchester by the Sea was just him replenishing the bodily fluids he
2: lost during watching the Yeah, film. All, all the
0: water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Must have been hard. the coming out of me. <laughs> There's a lot of beer in Manchester by the Sea. A lot that of beer. Must have beer. been quite hard yeah, to that watch was, that. Yeah, that was difficult. Yeah. So in Manchester by the Sea, we follow Lee Chandler, played by Casey Affleck, as he goes back to his hometown of Manchester, Massachusetts, when his older brother dies, and he is faced with the possibility that he will have to look after his nephew, played by Lucas Hedges. Uh, so my opening question for you this week is, if you could pick one older character in film, and one younger character, and put them together to recreate that kind of similar dynamic of this kind of, sort of awkward parental situation. Like, and about a boy. Uh, that, yeah, exactly. That's the perfect example of Hugh Grant looking after Nicholas Holt, where they kind of don't get along at first, and it's a bit awkward, but eventually there's some love there.
3: Uh, so, I'm going with the the son figure in this, already mm-hmm. someone without a dad. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Okay. And
0: Peter Parker or Spider-Man?
3: Well, Tom Holland's Spider-Man okay, Tom fine. Holland's okay. Spider-Man fine. from Captain America Civil War and mm-hmm. the upcoming Spider-Man Homecoming so the current Spider-Man which I'm sure will be a new one in a year's time Yeah. Um, but the one that we speak at this moment this Spider-Man played by Tom Holland and his dad is going to be Rev played by Tom Holland
0: <laughs> I wonder how you got there how did he get there? How did he get there, Jake? Yeah, How did he get
3: there? That's good. That well, I good. Do, I like the idea of Spider-Man growing up in a rural English
2: village. Do With you know- his dad as a reverend. Yes. Do, do <laughs> okay.
0: you know in um, in About Love? Um, no, About Time, sorry. In About Time, he, he plays, Tom Hollander plays a character called Harry Chapman. Really? He plays a playwright oh, called really? Harry Chapman, yeah. I forgot about that character. Yeah. That's quite good, yeah.
3: His
2: character
0: great name solid name
2: yeah i didn't know that harry yeah that's there it, you actually, go. fact. Back. There okay you go. so tom holland raising tom holland yes very good and what would their relationship be like jake it's safe to say initially they
3: might not get along oh oh, but i think by the end after after they learn about each other's feelings and that kind of thing they faiths. yeah spider-man <laughs> renounces the latex and uh, becomes a deacon. A man of the cloth. Yeah. Become, no, uh, becomes a deacon. Yeah, he be- <laughs> he betrays the Christian church, um, but he, he goes full silence on this thing. Full silence. Never yeah. go full silence. <laughs> yeah, uh, so it's actually a prequel to Silence, because uh, obviously Spider-Man was Andrew Garfield. Uh, so a film set in the <laughs> 2000s
2: is a prequel to a film set in the 17th century.
0: <laughs> yeah, but they've both got Spider-Man, so it makes sense.
2: <laughs> Harry, please answer.
0: Okay, right. So I've I've gone for two actors, but I'm going to set the scene. Yeah, it's quite meta, so it can be a film within a film. Ooh. Okay, right, cool.
1: So
0: I've gone for Sean Connery as the dad. Yep, and I've gone for Val Kilmer as a sort of son figure to Sean Connery. Okay, hear me out. Hear me out. So in this meta world, Val Kilmer has been given the role as Bond. No one else wants it. There's been a, there's been loads of issues. Yep. Daniel Craig stayed on for another five films.
2: So it's Val Kilmer as he is now.
0: Yeah, as he is now. And all, short...
3: Wait, Val Kilmer as his current age?
0: As his current age. And right. his current, yeah, yeah, yeah. His current reputation. Current, current reputation. <laughs> no one else has wanted the role. Everyone's been rumoured. Um, A new studio has taken it over and decided Val Kilmer's the person. What they've done is they've got Sean Connery in to train him up to be Bond. Nice. And the, in, the, in this, it's going to be a film, because the film's a huge success, but we don't know that, but during the film, they build a relationship, a rapport. He sleeps on Sean Connery's couch. He learns to do, mock him, do his accent, and then they become like father and son, and he hands over the Bond mantle, and in the first scene of the Val Kilmer Bond, B- Bond film where well, he's lost loads of weight, right? He's wearing the last suit Sean Connery wore for oh. his last Bond oh, nice. film. I like it. Come on. Yeah, that's Come good. on.
3: I was nice. I was expecting you to say that Sean Connery was going to be, like, the Sean Connery role in Last Crusade. Oh, that so, would work, yeah. yeah. And we, you could bring him in as, like, James Bond Senior. <laughs> senior. <laughs> and he could call Val Kilmer Junior.
2: Junior.
0: Yeah, he's Georgia. not done that before, is he?
2: No, <laughs> no. It's definitely original. That would be
3: a new idea, wouldn't it? <laughs> that is new a new idea,
2: idea Jake. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, my pick is David from Artificial Intelligence. David the robot. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. The young boy, the robot. I'm
0: glad you're bringing him back.
2: About time someone did. <laughs> Underrated film.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a great film.
2: Yeah. And his mentor would be Robocop. Awesome. Oh, that's so good. So David's mentor in AI is Gigolo Joe. I think who better... To be to replace a gigolo, than a man of the law, mm. S-
0: a strict man,
2: a strict man of the law. I think this is what David needs. He needs good guidance, he needs Robocop. I'm assuming Robocop from the remake, yeah? No, Jake, you assume wrong. <laughs> Why not? We don't talk about that. Okay, <laughs> original Robocop, and you know, teaches him about life as a robot what they can do, what they can't do.
0: Is life easy as a robot? Sam? It's not easy, it's at not all. easy, it's no. not easy. No.
2: And who better to do it than the best robot ever. I mean, the Terminator, I think, would not be as paternal. I mean, he's quite paternal in Terminator 2, but maybe he's busy looking after John Connor. So he's ro- got a lot. Of- yeah, Robocop, I think, is free at the moment. Yeah, He's not looking after any kids, so throw him, David.
3: Can we do a directorial
2: co-production between Spielberg and Verhoffen? I think we... Can and we should and Excellent. we will. I don't know what that will look like. I don't think those two things gel well together. But
3: that's that's where you it's like jazz,
2: isn't it? <laughs> it is like jazz. Yeah. Dissonance. It's not about the notes they're playing. It's about the notes they're not playing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Alright, now it's time to talk about something really serious and not funny. Oh yeah. Hey, that's not true. Oh okay, that is true. You're right. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So, Manchester by the Sea, as we've mentioned, in describing it to someone, the plot, as I just did to you in the beginning of the show, it doesn't sound that original. A guy goes back to his hometown, is forced to sort of confront his former life there and finds a new role looking after his nephew. It kind of sounds a bit like Uncle Buck. You love that. I love that it's kind of like Uncle Buck. Mm. But there are a lot of these films that we have mentioned about a boy there, this kind of almost fish out of water, a stranger and a child and the kind of the banter to use a horrible word between them but Manchester by the Sea does something really different with that yeah with that really straightforward simple plot
3: yeah um, I think a lot of the time these films can focus on like the relationship of the the new relationship Mm. rather than the old relationships that they've lost and i think this focuses more on that as well as this new relationship
0: i think that's why in this film there's so many flashbacks yeah and and that that ties the whole thing together and i think makes it different because you see why why these people are in the situation they're now in and and what's happened to them all to get to this point that actually the big tragic event that happens right at the beginning isn't isn't like the worst thing that happens in this film yeah it's and actually, I think taking a plot that everyone thinks they know and doing it differently is quite a brave thing to do yeah. and it never moves away from that. Even right at the end, it stays on track with looking yeah. at past relationships and I'm not I'm not trying to paint this pretty, perfect picture where there's the big hug over emotional mm. music at the end. Yeah. And and I love that. I, th- I think it didn't need it, and and it works really well.
3: Yeah, it. T- I think it tells a story that we know really well through cinema, but actually gives it some sense of reality, and it yeah. takes us back to where these stories actually come from. Because any story actually evolves from something that's actually happened. But I think these these kind of mismatched odd couple stories have gone so far, and it's really great to see something actually grounded back into reality from a convention we
2: really know. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a really nice way to put it, actually, this kind of you're drawn into it through uh, familiarity, and then it does something different with that familiarity. So I think this is mainly a film about grief and uh, how people deal with death. Mm. Um, So I mentioned there that the the catalyst for the film is that Lee's brother, Joe, who is played by Carl Chandler, uh, he dies. And that is the reason that Lee goes back to his hometown and is sort of Reassesses his relationship with his nephew, and also we are given access to Lee's past and explain why he's had to leave uh, Manchester. But there's a lot about how people deal with death. Um, I think this is something that's used in film so much like, how do people deal with death? And even recently, we had uh, A Monster Calls, which was a film about how a young child would deal with death. Yep. And here it's uh, told in a very sort of sim- both similar and different, I think, to that. But what is it about the way grief's shown here that is really successful and really well handled that other films maybe don't quite get right?
3: The the thing that really struck with me is the comedy, yep, uh, and the way that people will laugh through a funeral and or and deal deal with tragedy in their own ways, and that not everyone is on has seven steps that they yeah. have to deal with something. Like people like you're this, in step
0: three with that. Opinion. Yeah,
3: yeah. Eventually, I'll reach acceptance and accept that that is the way. But that's not how it works. No, but like that's not how it, you can't. Like this film really doesn't pigeonhole how people behave, uh, even in the most unimaginable circumstances. At no point, and it's not like they're saying, "Oh, what a mad way to react." Yeah, like it seems so real, and you think maybe I wouldn't react like that, but I totally get that. And I think, and it really goes to show, just how much different people do really have different feelings. And it suddenly felt like, hang on, we're not seeing this enough. Mm. Like so much time with films that deal with the death of a family member, they tell us how we should be feeling at certain times, and this film doesn't.
0: Well, I think that's why that's often why people feel guilty if they don't feel certain yeah. ways when people in real life die, mm. because they're given this perspective that you have to. You have to break down and cry, or you have to feel a certain yeah. way, or you have to be in mourning for a certain amount of time. Um, I think for me, that that's epitomised with um, with the nephew's got two girlfriends. Yeah. I can't remember their name. they've got very similar names, and um, one of them's got brown hair and is at the kitchen table, and and Lee's trying to sort the um, sort the funeral arrangements because he's trying to get stuff done. Because you in situations like that, you kind of forget that like things need to be sorted, and this is such a huge change. And she's like, You seem to be really insensitive. Can you can you not see he's upset? And he's just eating his breakfast. And you realize that actually, like, people deal with stuff in such different ways. And you can't pigeonhole, as you said, you can't pigeonhole people into certain ways. And, you know, as soon as he gets to the hospital, Lee's reaction is not breaking down crying. Yeah. It's he's just really stone faced and really yeah. like, he looks like almost he doesn't care. Obviously, he does. But he's just trying to somehow. Deal with this internally, and that, and people do that in different ways.
2: Yeah, I think when someone dies, you never react how you think you're going to react because right. you're so numbed by the shock almost. Then mm. just, and as well, you don't know how to express how you actually feel because you just you just, it's such a weird thing for you that this person you know so well is now dead that you really can't bring yourself to even contemplate what you're thinking or what you're feeling. So often, I think just being stony faced and just kind of numb to it for a while is quite. A common thing, but yeah. as you said, there is no one way to react to death, and this film really gets that.
3: Yeah, I think uh, a lot. The film is held together by Lucas Hedges, who yeah. is the nephew who is really excellent in this, yeah. and I think even more so than Casey Affleck. But um, like with Casey Affleck's character, Lee, we're given backstory yeah. and we're given flashbacks and stuff. Whereas Lucas Hedges, we we don't get as much to go on. And mm. so the way that he reacts to things is at first even more confusing or alienating. Yeah. But then, again, he's just dealing with things how he's going to deal with it, and it's actually it's actually really it's at points quite inspiring what he's doing as well. The fact that like his dad has just died and it's like, oh, I've got band practice.
2: Yeah, I just and want to go back and play hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
3: yeah. But fair enough, and you totally get that because like cause we don't we don't want to over-therapise this and mm. say like oh he's using the hockey as a vessel isn't he Yeah, he's using playing in the band to take out his feelings he might be he might not be but he's just doing what but you he, don't he, think, he, think about
0: it do you yeah. when when stuff like that happens you just think I'll do things and deal with stuff and yeah, stuff that, will work and stuff won't work and that, yeah the that's world fun. hasn't stopped revolving yeah, exactly. I yeah. still have to exactly. go on with my life yeah. while also exactly. this
2: horrible thing has happened I mean there's one scene in particular I think because it's too cold for them to bury um, Joe at this time of year they to put him in a freezer and wait until the spring. And you can tell that Lucas Hedges' character is really uncomfortable with this, the thought of that his dad... So I think this is something that really reminds him that his dad is dead. Mm. That he is now being put in a freezer. And there's a bit later on where he is in is like his own freezer at home and like some ch- uh, frozen chicken falls out and he just completely breaks down or has a panic attack. Mm. And because when people... Do, I think, like, you don't react when you first hear someone has died you don't immediately like you said break down and cry it takes a while for it to sink in and a weird thing will set you off and remind you and just sort of like reality hitting you in the face with that moment and he thinks he's something wrong with him and he looks like he's having a heart attack or a panic attack or something because his body is finally reacting to the death and he doesn't know how to handle that and how to deal with it Mm. and even Casey Affleck is just confused
0: yeah well that's where the relationship's so nice between the two of them because Casey Affleck's like I've never had to deal with this. Yeah, I
2: don't know what to do. I don't
0: know what to do. Like no one, no one really knows what to do in that situation. No. But hit him in particular. Yeah, and that who's so emotionally of, yeah, unavailable. Exactly. Yeah. that's where their relationship really starts to starts to seem to build. Anyway. Absolutely.
2: Mm. Yeah. Um, okay, so well, seeing as we're talking about Casey Affleck and Lucas Hedges, let's talk about the performances because I think this film, as we said, it's very uh, very simple plot. It's also quite simply made. Would you agree? There's no kind of cinematic flourish at yeah. any point um, there's no like I, I weird think... camera angles or any kind of no the visual... shots are
3: quite still like, yeah, yeah no, i think so quite still. but that's not to say that it's it not a criticism at all no, no 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 no
2: i think it's similar to spotlight in that when you're dealing with these this serious subject matter and trying to make it realistic the director so in this case kenneth lonergan who's also the writer has kind of i don't know if it's his personal style but it seems like he's maybe taken a step back
3: well, it was, he was using a new new DP on this right. who he had not worked with before. And uh, I believe it was quite a contemptuous relationship before right. they actually got to shoot. Um, but then actually there, because everything was on location, they just found that there was just ways that you had to shoot things and ways that you couldn't. So yeah. like, they had shots in their heads uh that they had planned out and then when you get there and you say oh well we wanted a shot of them walking along the harbour and we wanted it horizontal uh against the frame but like the pier stops mm. we can't go any further yeah. so we'll, we'll just have to change and they i think they've worked
2: in harmony with the place they're in definitely i mean in that respect it does look great because this place that none of us have heard of or been to manchester in massachusetts it does it's, it's really picturesque Dock town, um, yeah, or, you know Manchester by the sea, and there is a lot of sort of boats and sort of this kind of harbour mentality, and it sort of looks like it smells of kind of beer and salt. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which Sam also smells of. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. New fragrance for men.
0: Um, I think also with in terms of there is so much natural lighting in it, yeah, the whole thing, and mm. I think that that goes along the spotlight thing, yeah, because things are a bit, yeah, you know, serious topics are being dealt with, and serious things are obviously being dealt with but they're not afraid they're not trying to you know dim the lights or make yeah. it rain or or change the weather to manipulate how you feel yeah. that's never that's never done you know it's still if it's sunny it's going to be sunny if it you know if it, if yeah. it's raining it's not it's not to manipulate exactly. it or just, snowing it's yeah. just
2: the way things are yeah, exactly. and that's how the the whole film has that approach this is just the way things are um and also there's something else i noticed because i've seen it twice There, i don't think there are any close ups of any character right so the camera is really restrained. Yeah. So there's not a close up on a character crying or a close up on a character's emotion. Everything's usually got at least two people in the frame at once. And if there's only one person, there's a lot of space around them. Yeah. Um so yeah, there's the camera's far back, the camera's letting the the performances have room to breathe, I think.
3: Yeah, um and I think we we were talking about the way that people react to react to grief. Um I think this film really looks at the <clears throat> sorry the the physical reaction. Mm. Uh, you mentioned the the freezer, the way that yeah. um, he reacts as if it's a panic attack as well. And by ha- using that wider camera angle, you can see how the whole of a person yeah. reacts to it, rather than breaking it down to a, a facial expression or yeah. yeah, or a hand shaking or something. By seeing that whole person, you can you can feel all of their movement at once and their whole reaction.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about those performances that we think the camera's really um, worked well with to give this film the emotion it deserves. Uh, So let's start with the big one. Casey Affleck, who plays Lee Chandler, our protagonist. We start the film with him, we end the film with him. He's in near enough every scene. It's really, I mean, it's been sold as his film, and he is, uh, as we record, he is the favourite to win the Oscar for Best Actor happy about that think it's deserved he won the Golden Globe uh, last weekend he's, yeah so he's on his way
0: yeah I mean in terms of from what I've seen so far I can't see anyone else really really necessarily yeah. touching him I just I think because it's so his film yeah and he's in it so much that that just gives the plaudits more and more and they yeah. they can give him more and more for, for doing that um, I haven't seen that many films that I think do that and mm. give give the sort of lead actor that much screen time mm-hmm. and that much of the story so yeah at the moment i can't i can't see anyone touching but that may well change yeah. in the next couple of months
3: sure i think i think i'd be inclined to agree yeah um yeah we've still got things to come out here absolutely in the UK. Yeah. um but as it stands i would expect this award to go to him um it's a performance where you can look at him in each shot and try See, there could be so many things being yeah. thought by this character that we don't quite see. But you can see all those layers in him, even yeah. if it's just a blank face. Uh, it's amazing how, even when he's so expressionless, that you which can is fi- most of the film. Yeah, but you that gives off so much information.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, there's so going back to this whole thing about how people react to death. In most of the film, no one ever says how they're really feeling. And I think that's a really true when you're bereaved. How are you doing? I'm fine. No one ever says, you know, what, actually, I'm really not fine. You always just say, oh yeah, I'm fine. And he's absolutely the same. He ne- I don't think he ever tells anyone how he's feeling apart from maybe in one scene which we'll talk about towards the end.
0: Well, he's quite a... He's quite a typical male character. Yeah. Like, he drinks beer. The strong like, silent He type. drinks beers and he, you know, hangs out with his mates and his male friends and they, yeah. you know, live by the harbour and they're sort of yeah. a bit unshaven and sort of they're they're very very like traditionally blokey characters and he fits within.
2: A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance.
0: And actually, that—that's why—that's why I think this this performance is so good, because seeing seeing an emotional man, we still don't see that mm. much of that. It's often, you know, it's often, you know, f- female characters or slightly more effeminate characters, if I can say that. We don't see as many like sort of manly men go through something like this, or what we perceive as manly men going through this. And I think that's why the performance is going to catch the eye of so many people. Yeah. Mm but what what you said
3: about he just says I'm fine and not many people say what they're feeling in the film what I like about the film is that it doesn't tell us that's a bad thing yeah I feel really connected to that aspect of it that sometimes people don't want to talk about something and it's not because they're trying they, they can't bring themselves to it's just that's the way that they're feeling right now and that's all right. yeah uh, and I, j- I really really liked that about the film that we don't need to get people to a point where it's okay to talk and you can let it out and mm. I'm here and all of that. It's like,
0: yeah, you do you. But yeah. I think I think there is a there is a point that there still needs to be people there for when you yeah, when yeah, you have absolutely. that moment. I think yeah. it's it's less about the asking and more just about what the, do they want the whole want? film's yeah. just about being there and yeah. what, what do people want and yeah. if, if you're there for when that moment happens then great deal with it mm. Yeah, like, like, the, like the, the bit with the freezer you know, yeah. that sort of
2: thing I mean he, yeah when um, his nephews in this room really crying and really upset and he sort of tells Casey Affleck to go away he says okay I'm just going to sit here until you calm down we don't have to talk
1: I yeah. think that really sums yeah. up what we're love talking that. about here. Yeah, really I'm just going to be
2: here. We don't need to talk about anything at all. And they don't. Yeah. Ne- they never have really a kind of big, meaningful talk, which you'd expect from this kind of film. Mm. They're just there for each other, which is really nice to see. So That's
0: some, important as well, for each other as well. Yeah. yeah. It's like a they, two-way they,
2: relationship. Yeah, it works yeah. both ways. And there is a lot of silent conversations. Yeah. <laughs> R- really. There's one really awkward one with um, one of um, the nephew's girlfriend's mums. Mm. And... It, they're just kinda of sitting there all together and the mum actually goes up and says, Can you hurry up, please? I really can't sit with him any longer. We have nothing to talk about. He's been quiet for half an hour.
0: Yeah. There is a that that's really important because there are yeah, we've been talking about grief and, and relationship mm. but there are so many funny moments Yeah in this that surprisingly funny moments where you just yeah. think like I'm laughing, and then suddenly you're taken away from yeah. it, and then you're brought yeah. back. Well,
3: even the very, very start of the film is like almost laugh-out-loud funny.
2: Oh yeah, when he what he t- says to the woman who he's uh, fixing her shower. Yeah, yeah, that's really funny, but also kind of mean <laughs> as well.
3: Yeah, I mean, like, but you get a lot from that. It's funny, but the way that he reacts to it, you learn a lot about his character from uh, some someone's placing uh, her, her attraction on him. Yeah, and the way that he deals. With that and shuts that down, uh, immediately we get a sense of what Lee is like.
2: Yeah, and even yeah, from those few scenes and his living situation, you can just see that he's so broken and so kind of, so kind of sort of empty as well that he just doesn't care about anything anymore. He'll mm-hmm. say whatever he wants, he'll do whatever he wants, but not in a kind of arrogant way. Just in he's li- he, for him, he's got nothing to not nothing to live for, but nothing to really hold him back. From saying what he feels, yeah, often. and he's, yeah. he's
0: not going to push to achieve things. Yeah, I think it's like a it's like a thread that's sort of dangled in front of you. Yeah, you sort of go for it, and then you're you're sort of going along, and then and then
2: there's no one to tell him yeah. stop pulling that thread. Yeah, exactly, he's just, oh, exactly. Yeah. Just like he doesn't like... even think about it anymore. Um, I think just describing him as sort of empty but also full at the same time. There's kind yeah. of nothing going on in his face, but then there's also so much in in him that's never let out. All right, so uh, Lucas Hedges there, a young upcoming actor, nearly steals the film from Casey Affleck, I think. Definitely, he's excellent. He's,
3: we we just mentioned that balance between uh, humour and grieving. Uh, he's the mm. epitome of it. He yeah. is really funny and he's really sharp as well. Like, he's got some of the funniest bits where... Some good comebacks. Yeah, like yeah. Um, where Lee has cut his hand and he asks, oh, what happened to your hand? And he says, oh, I cut it. Oh, and gosh, he, repl- yeah. he replies and says... Oh, good. I was worried what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: he, he's also the the epitome of a teenager, though. Oh, absolutely. Like, he has, you know, obviously this event's happened, but he has such ups and downs with everything in his life. Mm, yeah. That, you know, like the the first thing we're introduced, he's, he's playing hockey, and he starts swearing off to the coach. Yeah. Mm. And, like, you're instantly given this idea of, like, oh, he's going to be this super, like, aggressive like teenager and then it's completely flipped the next thing we see him we see him you know with his girlfriend just sitting quietly having some nice time and then the next thing we see him in a band telling off the drummer like he's he's like, like lots of teenagers, he's so many different personalities yeah, yeah. around different people, uh, and I yeah. think that's such a skill that, that that the actor does that.
3: Yeah, I'd forgotten about the drama. The drama the o- suffers. Uh, Otto. Yeah, he really. You're suffers. way behind. <laughs> yeah, uh, those band sequences are very funny as well. Like, they're quite
2: uncomfortable. Yeah, they're one of the most uncomfortable parts of the film because they're so true. sort of really yeah sort of they think they're so good. Yeah, like I watched Sing Street yesterday. And they're a really good teenage band. And then watching this a day later is just these are so bad, but they think they're so good. Yeah, oh, that's and take it so dream, seriously. And I, yeah, I was in a band like that. We thought we were the bomb, and yeah, we were. And, you we, were. We, were you and that
0: that band was called Sing Street. <laughs> <laughs> were, you, were you Otto Sam? I was Otto. Oh, yeah. Oh no. I was
2: way behind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Lucas Hedges. I think uh, we'll be seeing a lot more of him. Hopefully, Harry. We spoke earlier, and you really liked Carl Chandler, in yeah, some, didn't you?
0: Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, we we were we were talking about films that he'd been in yeah. recently, and he'd been in Carol, and was it Wolf of Wall Street? He's, he's in Wolf been, of Wall Street.
3: He's the FBI yeah. agent. He's in so, Super Eight. Super, he's in yeah. Final Night Lights. In Su- Night Super Lights Eight, he's one of my favourite dads. <laughs> he's such a dad, Kyle <laughs> Charlie You look at his face and you think that's dad, a dad. That's a dad. He's dad. Got dad yeah. written all but over
0: him. I think he he's so watchable on screen. I think he has such a presence because he's quite a big man as well. Mm. But every every scene he's in, I think he's he's so watchable and adds so much to all their relationships and yeah. you know obviously he's mainly in the flashbacks but it makes such a difference and he builds such a story yeah. of of relationship between him and his son him him and yeah. his brother him and his wife him and his, his wife friend, yeah. as well and I think he does he's so you. I, I found myself just following him mm. wherever he was on screen because you had such as we talked about earlier you had such still camera work but you could just see him coming and going and doing stuff. Yeah. Um. And I thought he brought a really nice sort of centre to the film. Definitely. That yeah. He yeah. was sort of that in between his brother, who's sort of cold and cut off. He was. He's that sort of like blokey guy. Yeah. But he's still that caring dad and that caring brother, and he still he still gave gave everything. And yeah. I think, I yeah. think it's yeah. so think important
3: because he is that key link between every member of the cast. Yeah. When he is gone. You feel that vacuum. You miss him. Yeah. And yet yet you
0: don't see him in the real time. You don't see him in the film.
3: Yeah. Yeah, But you can see in the short time that he's there, what people
2: are missing. And what he meant to these people as well. And he is like, often in films they sort of talk about people being really nice and you sort of don't get it. But this, I think you really get that he is a really nice guy, really nice dad, nice brother. Yeah. And you're right. When he's, his death, you really get that his death is affecting these people. Mm. Um, just from his performance and yeah I think there's a film coming out soon I hope that he gets a lead in because I think he's well, I mean he's things he's,
0: whether he's picking them or people are yeah, picking him who knows he is picking some great roles for yeah. himself I yeah. mean Friday Night Lights as a TV yeah. show was great so like he's doing the right things I hope yeah. he's given given yeah, a big definitely.
2: role soon yeah yeah. I, yeah, I, I especially the second time actually, I really appreciate him a lot more I think um, and then the last uh, sort of uh, cast member I think we need to talk about is Michelle Williams who plays Lee's ex-wife Randy Who's um in a, a surprisingly little amount. Yeah, I thought compared she was gonna be to in the it, yeah, marketing.
3: More. Yeah, I think the marketing would and the awards She's also s
2: a- the, the second build actor in the film. Yeah, it would lead author. you to believe yeah.
3: she was uh sort of a supporting in the larger supporting sense of the yeah. word. In the Rooney Mara in Carol sense of the word. Yeah. Um but yeah, she's she's still very very good oh, in the season. Yeah. she had, and it's um like we watched Silence of the Lambs this week and reminded by how little screen time Anthony Hopkins had. Yeah, and then still went away with a an actor a, or Academy Award. Yeah, he, and he was was he, that
2: lead. He won Best Lead Actor. Yeah, yeah. considering he's in, he thinks he's in 16 minutes of the film. Really. Right. Yeah, because
0: Judi Dench was in Shakespeare in Love for eight minutes,
2: and she won Best and she won actress. Best Supporting yeah.
0: Actress. So yeah. not length
3: absolutely. is not important. Um, yeah, Michelle Williams I think has. She, it, the performance is kind of defined by two scenes.
2: Yeah. And, and I think she's there to serve... Uh, uh, it's how she is remembered by others rather than her own character. Yeah. It's more about what she meant to the to, to Lee than to be her own character, which is fair because it's his film. Mm. But I think, yeah, she she's in about a couple of scenes but two big scenes, which yeah. we'll talk about at the end. But she absolutely acts the hell out of those scenes
0: but she didn't overact
2: no yeah, this is it she doesn't yeah.
0: there's no she doesn't you know she's not breaking down crying no yeah, not, she commands there's not the emotional commands music the there's not the, yeah. her massively hugging Lee at any point yeah. she's, she's that takes such control yeah And but she's given that space to do it I think the camera work gives her that space to do it the direction she's been given whatever she's been told how to do the character gives her that time and space that she doesn't need to overdo it, and yeah, you know, we talked about she's in two big scenes. They're never rushed. They're not scenes where you feel like everything's rushing to a point. It feels like you know they're they're important on their own.
3: Yeah, um, and I think when I was watching it, because I was I was quite a, I was aware of the billing and I was aware mm. of the nominations, and so when I was watching the film, I was also aware that she wasn't appearing in what I was watching. Yeah. So like, when she when she came on screen, part of me was thinking. Oh this is it. This is going to be the big. This is the Oscar scene. This is the Wayne's World bit with the Yeah. with the, <laughs> throwing water in her face. Um but it's it is not like that at all. Um she just she just handles it and she um yeah just come on just imagine coming on set and just doing that and yeah. then leaving. Like you like everyone on on that set watching must have been amazed that someone could come on and carry the weight of such a role. and handle it in
2: such a brief amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So we're going to get into spoilers in just a second, but I think that this... So this film is out on the same day, wide release as La La Land. Two very different films, and I think they both deserve equal um, audience viewership. One's very happy, one's quite sad, but they're both really rewarding. Mm. And I think if you go out and see not just one see both of these films um, I think you'll be very happy that you did
3: yep and if you're going to do a double bill do Manchester by the
2: Sea first don't do what I yeah. did. <laughs> 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 okay uh, so if you haven't seen the film go and watch it and then come back listen to the end of this show uh, we're going to talk about all things Manchester by the Sea now all the ins and outs so let's get rid of the elephant in the room the fire god oh my I'm sorry that we have to talk about it, but we do. Yeah. I mean, I think it's built up a fair amount that something horrible happened to Lee while he was in Manchester. But
0: initially, initially, they... Did you hear it from two hockey players?
2: Is that the Lee Chandler? Yeah, is that
0: the Lee Chandler? But I thought he might be some sort of hockey star or something. (laughs) Yeah. And then that did not happen. No.
3: Well, there was some sense of uh like abuse from the townspeople as yeah, well. Yeah, sort of, he gets funny looks and and he's, he's yeah. told not to come back to yeah. certain places. Yeah,
2: um, and you, can, I think it's it's not I never said, but I, I think it's kind of clear that he's in some kind of self-imposed exile, mm. and going back to Manchester is not the the top at the top of the list of things he wants to do.
0: Wait, he said he says at the end, and it and it's a lovely scene at the table. He just says, "I can't beat it." Yeah. I can't yeah. beat it, and he doesn't say like I can't beat it because this is what happened, and then explain that the we block. know, yeah, we know what happened. Yeah, he just says I can't beat it, and there's an understanding between him and his nephew that,
2: and the audience that, as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The part, the, the yeah, yeah. beauty of the film is the restraint in the script and the absolute faith that the audience are smart and they will get everything with little as little information as possible. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, this scene the build up is quite horrible. He's in the lawyer's office and it sort of cuts back and forth between that night and him sitting there reflecting. And it starts off with this scene of complete almost slapstick humour. He's got loads of his mates round. They're playing ping pong, they're drunk, the wife's telling them off and as they're driving away he's kind of like sort of you know, telling oh don't drink and drive, haha these and it's it's funny but you're, you're kind of clenched as well you're like something yeah. really horrible is going to happen yeah, I don't well, it's, like it's,
0: this it's again like the whole film taking a sort of cliched yeah, cliched scene which we'd see a million times and then normally the husband would go in and get told off by his wife
3: someone sleeping on the sofa yeah, exactly. Tonight. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. he's but in the doghouse but yeah. you're yeah. never expecting yeah. you're never expecting Michelle Williams' character to say that to him you're as you said you're always clenched mm. you're always just waiting
3: but I think you get you get a real sense of the the love between them. Oh, in oh yeah. Those moments. They, they start
2: laughing. They both think it's quite funny what's yeah. just happened. I mean, as as annoyed as she is at him, yeah, she is kind of thinking, "Oh, that Lee." Yeah, there's a little bit of that to it. And something else that I found this time that's really well done, because what obviously what happens is a log rolls out of the fireplace. You, we never see the fireplace. Loads of films as he leaves the house. Would do a shot of the fireplace, mm. kind of as a sort of pre-warning that oh he hasn't put the screen on that. We don't even know where the fireplace is in the yeah, house. Or
0: yeah, or at least an earlier scene. Yeah. he would have been like, oh, better put a log on the fire. Never yeah, happened.
2: it's never even referenced. It just it just happens. And that and when these things happen in life, that you make these mistakes, you don't think you don't think of it. Yeah. And I think that's important that he didn't think of it, and neither should we. And it's such a shock when he comes back and finds his house ablaze that we feel that shock as he does as well and jake you mentioned uh, uh earlier to me before we start recording the whole thing about the paper bag in this scene
3: yeah and uh, so this was i was listening to kenneth lonergan doing an interview about this and he wrote this into the script that uh, he wanted lee to uh have a bag of shopping at this point point. Mm. and he just said that on set casey affleck he did his job and he was brilliant in it but he just said I still don't get the bag and then when they watched the film and they spoke afterwards it's like I get the bag. Yeah. Like at this point he is holding on to the only thing that he has. Yeah. And it just so happens to be the only thing in the world he has at that point is a bag of shopping. And, and at that's the it. end he's just holding yeah. on to it as hard as he can and
2: he picks it back up at the end. Yeah. He sort of once uh, yeah. the fire's been put out and uh, Joe is sort of holding him and like uh, consoling him he, he picks the bag back up. Mm.
0: That's where Carl Chandler's so such a strong character. His facial expression there is absolutely devastating. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, for me, that's not even the saddest scene in the film. For me, it's the fire, uh, the police station. Oh god! Which and even just that interview um, when he says, "Yes, we had, we were drinking. Someone was passing around marijuana. We had cocaine." He's admitting all his mistakes. He admits he didn't put the screen on, and then they let him go. And he says, "That's it. You're letting me go. Yeah, we're not going to crucify you for making a mistake." And I think. He really expects and wants to be put in prison at that point. He wants to be locked away. He wants to be punished for what he's done because mm. he's mur- he's killed his children. Mm. It's his fault they're dead. In a way. Yeah. And he really wants to be punished and he's so just sort of he can't he can't believe he now has to live the rest of his life normally. Now this has happened.
0: Or well, you compared it we, we spoke earlier and you compared it to slightly to a monster calls In terms yeah. of he, he constantly in a monster calls has these where he does stuff wrong and he goes you're not going to punish me and no mm. one punishes him at any yeah. point point. Yeah. and to a lesser extent that that's a very similar sort
2: of Definitely. wanting
0: yeah. to be punished and wanting to feel something and wanting yeah. to be and that's that's what Casey Affleck's character does during the whole film that's why he gets drunk and gets into fights mm. because he wants to feel something because he's emotionally numb Yeah, he wants someone to punch him in the face because that that might that might make bring something, something out of him that I, might bring something yeah. and that's why he's emotionally cut off because he's he's not able to express himself and and tell people his emotions
3: and that's like going back to the very start what we were talking about why we are like this film so much is that we don't have a therapist over our shoulder going you only get into these fights because you feel yeah. like you need to yeah. feel something like lonergan he lets us be clever enough to understand yeah,
2: that absolute faith in the audience yeah. really wins this film over for everyone I think yeah
3: and you mentioned the police station scene as yeah, well there, just, um, oh. when he reached, it reaches for the gun I didn't in expect that, that. Like, that's the most that my stomach has dropped
2: Same. all year I just horrible really that's really horrible and it doesn't work and he's saying please please let me do it and Carl Chandler jumps up but one of the most devastating oh. shots for that is his dad who's not really that much mm. they're, they're the brother's father he just kind of... He just stands and sort of watches. He's sort of half standing, half sitting. Just so does not know what to do right now. He's just seen his son attempt to shoot himself in the head. And he's so just sort of... I, mm. can't, I can't do anything. I don't know what to do. Yeah. I, th-
0: I think I think it's important that... Just touching upon it briefly. That the, that the, the dad... His dad isn't in it that much. Mm. Because it makes so much more of the... You know... Of that... Of the death of the brother.
2: Yeah, his like brother almost was dying. his father figure. Yeah, yeah.
0: almost. But also was the link between everyone. Yeah. If, you'd, if you'd first of all started it with the dad dying and then gone on, then it wouldn't make as much of, of yeah. the brother's death. Absolutely. But by having, having one death, one funeral, one moment that crystallises everything horrible and wrong and great and amazing in their lives, I think, I think it's, it's so important. And that's probably why the dad isn't in it that much.
2: Yeah, and there's even a nice sort of reveal about the boat name as well at the end. Mm. that it's the name of their mother Mm. as well, which is never stated. It's just a nice little, on the graveyard, a nice little reveal there. Again, just solidifying how important this family was to each other. They've now been sort of broken apart, but are trying to still hold on to what they've got left.
3: Going on what we've been talking about throughout, if you believe that a family is meant to be that close, then you can also believe that a family don't need to tell each other everything to understand each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, even uh, Lee and Patrick, even though they haven't spent the most amount of time together... They clearly do have a bond between yeah. them, and that they that nothing their things can go unspoken, and it's yeah. completely believable. And
2: they can swear at each other. They can be quite horrible to each other at times, and just give these sort of snippy comebacks to each other. But they're still fine. Yeah, and I think that's true of a lot of uncle relationships. Yeah, I was about to say well,
0: it's such an uncle relationship because yeah. it's not a brother where you're where you're that close, but it's also not a father where you can't have that sort of yeah. You
2: can't you know, say that to your son, but you can say what yeah, say to your nephew. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Okay, so we're going to wrap up there. So a big thank you to CSR as always for letting us use their studio. And uh, so after watching Manchester by the Sea, if you're intrigued by uh, Casey Affleck and some of his uh, uh, previous films, his old uh, works, uh, on Cousin Home Cinema right now, you can watch Triple Nine, Lonesome Jim and The Killer Inside Me each one very different, but each one kind of led by uh, Casey Affleck. And he's a really interesting actor moment, I think.
3: Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, my recommendation for this week would be if you're looking for a another odd couple, yeah. father-son figure, comedy-drama hybrid yeah. that also has melancholic moments. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then Hunt for the Wilder People has just been added as well with uh, Sam Neill and Julian Dennison, directed by Taika Waititi, who did What We Do in the Shadows. And it's really lovely. So do check that out
2: absolutely so please go out and watch Manchester by the Sea it's released uh, today on January the 13th and you can see it in Curzon Cinemas nationwide Uh, so that's goodbye from Jake goodbye goodbye from Harry goodbye and it's goodbye from me we'll see you next week